As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird, nearly forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or dumped into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. I am one of the co-hosts, Steve, and with me is America's number one football fan. Yeah, hello. Oh, I, I love balls football football yes it's very good wow i didn't see- sports are sports are great <laughs> i didn't see like that in the competition yeah yeah you like uh the tight pants that the guys wear and the uh and i'm sure rob liefeld loves the accentuated uh shoulder pads um you know which is yes what yes <laughs> not enough pouches on football uniforms for him though that's true that's true i'm sure if he had his way all the boys would have pouches all over them uh yep. but uh, <laughs> And chrome arms. Oh, now that would be sweet. I'd probably, I'd pay the $4,000 to see a Super Bowl with, uh, you know, cybernetic chrome-plated football players. Uh, if I had it, <laughs> if I had it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, welcome everyone to Obscurity Now Super Bowl edition, um, where we're not going to be talking about the Super Bowl in the slightest uh, I was going to like get on here and like fake, hey, look, somebody's here and they're not watching the Super Bowl. They're watching. I mean, I knew it was going to go that way. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but hello there, <laughs> Stadium Arts. I knew you'd show up. I mean, other people hey. said that you wouldn't, but I was like, no, nah, Stadium Arts is going to be here. Like, yes, you know, Stadium Arts, here's a little secret about me. I was technically <laughs> born in Canada and uh, I was in the Weapon X program and I was in alpha flight for a period of time there um but um only half of that was true so you hell uh and and welcome stry Uh, i know stadium arts as as stry stry that's a cool name that sounds very uh x-force 1993 (laughs) (laughs) this really should be a comic book episode but no no we're talking about like the new the newest member of young blood yeah oh there you go good reference good reference does uh the stadium arts have any idea what we're referencing here when we talk about comics okay cool cool Uh, yeah, well, if if you enjoy comics, uh, make sure you check out our previous episode where we discussed Ghost Rider 2099, uh, number one. But uh, today we have a TV episode where we're talking about, uh, I guess you could say it was peak TV from, from the 90s in the show known as uh, The Pretender. Uh, yeah, hell, what's your history with The Pretender? I remember watching The Pretender uh, from time to time, but I didn't watch it religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I do remember thinking it was like a pretty cool concept. 
Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I I think I remember watching it maybe from episode one, and uh, I think I, it was a pretty big deal. It was part of like I think it was like maybe a Saturday night block or maybe a Sunday night block yeah. that was trying to compete with the X Files because everybody was back then. Um, and uh, I think after it, uh, Dark Skies came on. Did you ever watch that one? With Ali no, Walker, song, but, but but you're right. There was a. It was called the the trilogy. It was a block of three <laughs> uh, three shows. It was Dark Skies, uh, The Pretender, and another show uh, that I can't remember right now. But yeah, I, I was reading up about it earlier, and uh, the trilogy uh, didn't last very long because one of the shows uh, got canceled like a couple of months into it, and then they put another show on temporarily. But that one got canceled like two episodes into mm. it. So then it was just the two shows. Uh, and they dropped the Thrillogy branding. <laughs> they they should have just doubled down like they do nowadays on everything, where they never yeah. apologize and they just you know keep driving it home no matter what. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I remember I caught most of the first season, and uh, I don't think I remember too much uh, after that. Um, but I remember enjoying it uh, quite a bit. Uh, so should we dive just a little bit deeper into the world of The Pretender? Yes. <laughs> you, sound, <laughs> you sound thrilled. As thrilled I as... I am thrilled. I am thrilled, sir. How dare you? I know. I know you are. I was going to say as, th- Dave, as thrilled as... I'm Jared thrilled today. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember, but like his... <laughs> one, of, one of the things that even as a kid I thought was weird was uh, that... So, you know, he assumes like a new identity every week, mm-hmm. but it's always with the first name Jared. And he just changes the last name. <laughs> just right, like, right. Yeah, that's such an easy way to get caught. Right. It's like they did that for the viewer's sake. It's like, well, what if they get confused and they think, yeah. you know, it's not Jared or something? Uh, do you remember? I remember when he became uh, Jared from Subway. Um, that was a weird episode. Oh, I, I, I missed that episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he went to Thailand and then it just got really weird. Um, so, uh, so yeah, let's uh, delve a little bit deeper into the world of the pretender. Welcome to your feature presentation. Oh, Come over here, you. All right, here we go. So, The Pretender aired September 19th, uh, 1996, and ran all the way to the year 2000. Oh, man, great <laughs> reference. And uh, there were four seasons. Um, again, I think I only caught the first one. And uh, here's your, uh, well, here's your synopsis uh, for the episode. Um, I mean, in case you're uh, confused, let's see. I mean... Can you? Why don't you sum up exactly what uh, the synopsis of a pretender is? Well, I mean, on IMDb, it says a specially gifted man with the ability to instantly master any skill escapes from a secret testing facility and travels the country, taking on different jobs and helping strangers while hiding from his kidnappers, all while trying to get back to his original body. This is Quantum Leap. What? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wow. It's kind of like Quantum Leap, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, well, that was really confusing. But, hey, two great shows mashed up together. I'll, I'll buy it. Um, 
Well, anyway, the uh, the synopsis for the pilot here is uh, Jared is the new doctor at an NYC hospital trying to expose negligence and a cover-up that led to a young boy being paralyzed. Um, and uh, the director of this episode is uh, Rick Wallace. And uh, basically, he's a TV veteran, uh, producer, and director known for L.A. Law, Hill Street Blues, and I guess he did something on the original uh, Halloween. I mean, obviously, he didn't direct it because that was John Carpenter. Um, And our writers here are also the creators of The Pretender. It's uh, Stephen Long Mitchell, which is a great porn name. And uh, <laughs> Craig W. Van Sickle, which isn't as good a porn name. <laughs> Probably a better wrestling name. He's going to give you the sickle. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they're a writing duo who are also the creators. They are Emmy-nominated. Um, they're executive producer of Tin Man, which is the highest-rated miniseries in the history of the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, as well as... Um, they also worked on 24, Alienation, and Street Justice. You remember Street Justice? Oh, man, dude. Come on. The, the Street Justice? Street I Justice. Love it. What's your favorite episode of Street Justice, Steve? The one with Carl Weathers. <laughs> but, oh, that's that. That's that's a really, really, really good that's one. That's all of them, because I think he was the star, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, I think there was like... I do. Did you ever actually see it? Because I saw a few episodes. I love Street Justice. Yeah, I I can't tell today if you're being sarcastic or not. I, I, I like the episode with um, with uh, John Byrne, uh, famed uh, comic book. I've never seen even John Byrne. Show Steve. <laughs> Byrne, <thank laughs> why would Why would John Byrne be on a TV show? <laughs> he loves justice and he loves paved roads. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow this is gonna be an interesting episode um yeah all right so we'll have to review street justice someday in the future um, so. it sounds like a streets of rage knockoff oh it is it totally is i mean they're basically trying to cash in like um i just remember it's like one white cop and one black cop and somebody knows martial arts um <clears throat> like i i don't know i just vaguely uh, i was thinking it. like it sounds like a, like a video game rip uh, ripping off like streets of rage sure. like like a really like something titus would have made uh, <laughs> right so uh and this of course is produced and distributed by nbc hell take it away with that cast uh, yes, the cast. So um, I don't have my cast list pulled up here. Yes, it is. All right. So first we have Michael T. Weiss as uh, Jared, who is the titular uh, pretender mm-hmm. character. Um, you know him from The Pretender. Uh, but also, Steve, continuing on the justice front, you may also know him from Young Justice, uh, which is what you watch before you're old enough to watch Street Justice, I believe. <laughs> Uh, in that order yeah sure yeah um so but yeah i mean really like this was his kind of biggest thing he was also on uh days of our lives for uh like five years uh but he's done a bunch of other shows uh crossing jordan um he's done some voiceover stuff for video games um but yeah the the pretender definitely was his biggest thing um on his resume. Nice. But continuing along, we've got Andrea Parker who plays, she's kind of like the, the main baddie, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. 
Uh, she plays Miss Parker, working for the center. So she essentially has her same last name. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's great. It's one of those. Uh, but yeah, and she's still, I mean, the latest thing on her resume is from 2017, but she stayed pretty active. She's got a lot of stuff on here, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing that I would say you're going to, anyone's going to know her from. She was on, well, she was on Pretty Little Liars uh, for like six years. So maybe people know her from that. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole cast because it is kind of a bit long, but sure. um, I do want to touch on Patrick. How would you pronounce this? Bauku? Bauchu? Uh, it sounds like a sneeze. Uh, Bauchu! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sure, yeah, let's go with that. Bauchu. Anyways, this dude, you don't, you may not know him by name, but man, you you recognize his face and voice, I feel like. Uh, as soon as I, I saw him, I mean, obviously I remembered that he was on the show, but he's a guy, anytime I see him or hear him, I'm like, man, this guy's in everything. Mm-hmm. He's got like 147 credits on his IMDb, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, like even like your biggest actors, A-list actors don't usually have quite so many credits. Never really like the lead star in anything, no. but always like a great character actor, supporting actor kind of role. I feel like he's the guy you get when you can't afford Anthony Hopkins because they sound so similar. Fair, fair point, fair point. Um, and uh, the other person I wanted to touch on, which I actually wrote her name down, because I don't know why I'm not seeing it here in this list, but her name is, well, I got to look at my notes here. Uh, Lynn, uh, La- I can't pronounce any names today. Lillian, La- I think it's supposed to be pronounced Lillian, but it's spelled L-Y-L-Y-A-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lillian Chauvin, mm-hmm. and she is the um, the Greek lady, the Greek lady, right? Um, in the episode, the patient, and uh, the only reason why I'm mentioning her, Steve, is because she is the only cast member that was in an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> she played a Vedic uh, on an episode of Star Trek DS9, and a Vedic is a religious figure. Wow, wow! So, so I'm gonna run it. Here it comes. Ah! Oh no! We've just entered another. Star Trek Connection! Ah! ah! I've missed it. I think, yeah, we didn't get to use it like the last two episodes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, last one was a comic book one, and right. then the episode before didn't have anybody. So, yeah, I went through everybody. I'm like, there must have been somebody on this cast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much like the, the more most important people uh, from this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Steve, um, so this came out September of 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think was that you have a good chance? Well, you have a chance of getting the song this time. Mm-hmm. The number one song the week that this came out, uh, it was September 1996. Uh, it's a song that has come up on our podcast before as the number one song. Oh, no. Um, is it a Mariah? Sure. Huh? No, go ahead. Is it a Mariah Carey? No, Steve. It, it's, it sure isn't. I will just tell you, okay. uh, I am eminently disappointed that you didn't uh, say the Macarena. Oh, God. Again. <laughs> Once again, it's back, baby. Oh, man. The 90s. Uh, My goodness. Yeah. And the number one film uh, for the, this weekend, uh, I'll just tell you, it was The Crow, uh, City of Angels or something like that, whatever it's called. Uh, Wait, The City sing- of Angels? The sequel? Yeah, it was oh. the number one film. Wow, I, it was all. The, I never thought anyone gave a shit about that movie. I didn't think so either. But you know, Iggy Pop is in it, so. Oh, um, oh well, we got to review it then. That's all there is to the it. And the Punisher himself, Thomas Jane. Oh wow, it. I never. And I know uh, 
the Asian Power Ranger, she's also in it. She, yep, yep, Tui, yeah. Tui Trang. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I mispronounced her name. But uh, yeah, and the other weird thing, I thought it was ridiculous, the strange that it was the number one film. Uh, it was also, at the time, set a record <laughs> for the highest Labor Day weekend opening. Wow. Well, I mean, that just shows the power of the original Crow. Because, I mean, I, that's a classic movie. Now here's the thing. It only it only cleared like nine million dollars. So it must have been like the only movie that came out that weekend or something. <laughs> right. If you're number one with nine million dollars, even in nineteen ninety six, I mean that's not sure, sure, I gotcha. Yeah. All right, you ready to delve into this episode? Let's do it. Okay. I'm gonna pretend like I'm excited. <laughs> well, you're doing a great <laughs> oh, job man. so far. Oh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's get in deep. All right. Past the cervix. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got our cold open here. We got some black and white security footage from 1963. Uh, like, that's what the timestamp on the footage tells us. Shows us a young boy with a creepy haircut and weird Jetson-style clothing building a large tower out of Lego blocks and erector sets. He says that he's finished. And then a doctor with, as I said before, the voice of Hannibal Lecter, looks right at the camera for some reason and says, he's only been tested for 36 hours and he's already showing more talent than our others. He then opens a door, goes into the testing area and tells the little boy, I'll be taking care of you for a little while. To which the little boy asks, why, where's my mom and dad? And uh, then they uh, immediately uh, cut to some uh, text on the on some black background. Uh, what did you think about that cold opening right off the bat? Uh, so I had to watch this twice because <laughs> uh, the episode twice because the first time I fell asleep during the cold open. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's so now, short. I was, I was pretty tired. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but no, um, it's okay. Uh, I, I I didn't think it was like a super great cold open but uh i see why they did it right i think it's enough to sort of like wet your whistle <laughs> for lack of a better phrase <laughs> I, I feel like there is a better phrase i don't um, think it's lacking well, i don't think <laughs> we're gonna find it right now uh maybe later uh but uh but yeah like when he when he asked for his mom and dad like i mean that's the whole i mean premise like that's his whole driving force is for the right, whole episode right. is finding out what happened to his yeah. uh, to his mom and dad. And the series. And at, so yeah, I get why they did it. Yeah, and at this time, you know, there's not a lot of uh, shows using this, you know, sort of found footage style. So, I mean, at the time, I'm sure this seemed like innovative stuff. That, that's a good point. That's a good yeah, point. yeah. Um, so, okay, as I said, I cut to text on a black background. And I'll just go ahead and read you the... I guess they probably flashed this at the opening of most of the Pretender episodes, and it's basically just text that says, There are extraordinary individuals among us known as Pretenders, geniuses with the ability to insinuate themselves into any walk of life, to literally become anyone. And to me, when I first heard that, I was like, isn't that just really called a sociopath? But, you know, whatever. We'll go with it for the sake of the show. Scam artist. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, politician, CEO. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, topical. topical Watch out. Uh, okay, so and then they further give us more text that says, in 1963, a corporation called 
the center, uh, isolated one such pretender, a young boy named Jared, locked in a controlled environment. They exploited his genius for their unofficial research, and thus, Surge was created. I, I may have added that part. Um, then their pretender ran away. Um, and I have in here... So, do you think the center ever hang out with the committee from VR5? you think that they ever mix it up? <laughs> I'm assuming that they were run by the same people. I'm pretty sure I made that joke even back in the 90s, and it's reborn again for everyone to oh, enjoy. Man. Yes. Okay, so anyway, back to the show. Um, cut to Anchorage, Alaska. It's now the present. And by that, of course, I mean 1996. A helicopter lands on an oil tanker and a pretty yet tough-looking mysterious lady smokes a cigarette. As she sets foot on the ship, uh, a man greets her and says, Ma'am, there's materials on board and they're highly explosive. She puts out the cigarette and says, So am I, which I thought was pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. And then walking behind her is a uh, smart-looking doctor type. Of course, he's revealed later to be... <clears throat> Dr. Sidney, and of course the um, mysterious-looking woman with the cigarette is uh, Miss Parker. Uh, they make their way to the captain's bridge. Uh, the crewman or sailor, or whatever you want to call him, starts talking about Captain Jared. Uh, says he was nice uh, but weird. Then asks the lady if it was true that he was never a captain. To which she replies, "Thank you for your time." And there's a there's a line here where oh, I guess I should have just worked it in where he goes. Are you pulling? Are you pulling my cork or something like that? The, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was weird. Like who's? I mean, maybe they talked like that in the fifties, but you know, when, I, when was the last time I worked on a dock with some sailors? Maybe that's how they talk. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's supposed to be like, "Are you shitting me?" Right. Oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it just but this is nineteen ninety six, so they really had to, you know, keep their act clean. Uh, back but they could have just said like, "Are you kidding me?" Or I know, I know. I guess they just wanted so, so awful. This is dumb. They wanted some colorful sailor talk, I guess. Uh, I guess so. Without being offensive. So it becomes clear that uh, Dr. Sidney and Ms. Parker are trying to look for Jared. And, you know, he was there posing as a captain of this oil tanker or whatever it is. Um, they're trying to figure out where he's going next. And by going through his belongings, they find some uh, medical books. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of uh, discussion uh, between the two of like, uh, you know, oh, if he's so smart, like, why is he leaving all these clues behind? And then mm -hmm. um, Dr. Sidney is like, well, he wants us to follow him. Uh, and that's like a reoccurring theme throughout the show. Right. Um, so, uh, I mean, I thought... Uh, setting the whole thing on this uh, oil tanker and the helicopter. I mean, it really shows that NBC really dumped some money into this show, at yeah. least for the pilot. I was like uh, really surprised. And, Me too. And, Me too. and, uh, and both of them are uh, pretty intriguing uh, characters just right off the bat. So I was already uh, hooked from the get go here. How about yourself? Yeah, I uh, totally agree, man. Like the show looks, uh, you know, it looks like a movie. Like it's very uh, kind of cinematic. Uh, I remember the, the thinking sets, that back then for sure. Yeah, the sets all look great. You mm -hmm. can tell that there's like money in this. Uh, and like you said, yeah, they, they do a good job too of like establishing the characters like right off the bat. Sure. All right. So cut to uh, Jared walks through a crowded ER. Um, a little girl, she like, I don't know, has some sort of a breathing problem. Jared leaps into action despite not being a doctor at that hospital. 
Um, hey, but he did read that book, Modern Surgeries, uh, <laughs> that they found at the uh, at the docks or whatever. I mean, his he cabin. to think that he didn't even have. Well, I guess they sort of had the internet back then. I mean, I guess they they talk about that a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, that he just had to sit there and read that book, and all of a sudden he's. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's Garth Marenghi or uh, Dag, shall I say? Yeah, um, yeah. I got yeah. a lot of uh, dark place vibes from this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to those later. Uh, a lady, a lady does call for security, but he's just such a goddamn good doctor that they let him perform his tracheotomy or whatever it does, and uh, he saves the girl. And uh, and then um, and then we see the pretender logo. And then uh, Jared is then talking to the uh, head of the hospital, who is, um, his name is Dr. Hendricks, and he's like schmoozing with him. Uh, he then sees, uh, uh, then Dr. Uh, Schrader, or Trader, I can't remember which one it is. Um, I can't remember either. He conveniently, uh, the one who was conveniently missing from the ER room when uh, Jared leapt into action, shows up and he was like oh man i couldn't find my beeper <laughs> it's always funny mm-hmm. when someone has a beeper just because it's so you know it really just dates yeah, everything it's so dates yeah and he's like but although i mean don't they still use don't doctors still have to use pagers i know up until not too long ago they were still using them i think you're right i think you're right um but yeah and then he says i've got a brand new one and uh and yeah and that's uh yeah as i said that's dr schrader and he uh becomes important later and I just have, ooh, that mischievous Jared stole the beeper so he could steal all the doctor glory. Ho, oh, Jared, <laughs> you scamp. Um, so they asked Jared why. Oh, yeah. So he's sitting down um, and he's talking with uh, Dr. Hendricks uh, in his office. They asked Jared why he picked that hospital. And more or less, he says he's there for the money. Of course, we know that's not true. Now we're back at uh, uh, any, any remarks about that scene? Um, no, no, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, again, uh, he does a great job of like, it, they show you how smart he is because he's figured out uh, the whole thing with the money is that he, the hospital is going to be bought out by like an HMO or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, he saw that they paid in stock options. So he says, that's why I'm here. And this is something that kind of ingratiates himself with the boss of the hospital, which, you know, is who he's kind of going to end up looking into. So, you know, it just goes to show you like he's done his homework. He knows how to like get in with these people. So again, there's a lot of cool little character stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. He does a great job like schmoozing with the upper management or whatever. And it's, you yeah. know, stocks and bonds, racquetball, <laughs> and so on. And uh, okay. So now we are at the center and Miss Parker tells Dr. Sidney that he was the reason she was called back into the field to find Jared. They enter Jared's old room to look for clues. And there's like lots of old like toys, I guess, from the 60s and just random stuff strewn about. Uh, mm-hmm. They find what Dr. Sidney believes to be an uh, origami uh, angel uh, that suggests... Uh, um, but then Miss Parker, and this is, I guess, just to show that she's, you know, just as smart as him or yeah, maybe just as cunning, at least. Uh, she says, oh, it's not an origami angel. It's actually, I don't know, a representative of some Greek uh, god of vengeance or whatever. And it right, suggests yeah. that uh, Jared thinks of himself as basically uh, standing up for the little guy. <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
And this is funny. Uh, Sydney says, well, how do you know that? And Miss Parker says, I did a lot of frat boys in college. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> like, she doesn't hold back. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, basically the whole point of that scene is they were going through his room to try to find more clues to find, to find him, basically. So now we're back with Jared. He is in a taxi. He goes to a middle school. And uh, then he goes to an ice cream truck. He tries ice cream for the first time. And uh, I can get why these scenes are there because they're like fun or funny. But isn't it a little hard to believe that, you know, Dr. Sidney never bought Jared like one ice cream right. in his entire time? I mean, Dr. Sidney seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I, I know, like you said, I know why these scenes are in there. Because mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, it becomes like another reoccurring theme throughout the show where he's like trying, you know, bubble gum for the first time. Right, I remember right, right. So, uh, but yeah, it's kind of like, really? Never? Yeah, it's Never? just there to like further endear us to him, which they really don't need to do because I think Michael T. Weiss does a fine job on his own, uh, you know, eliciting uh, empathy. Uh, and just the character, the way it's written anyway. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They're there for, for better or worse. Um, and uh, and he sees a boy in a wheelchair. Uh, and this is when a bit of the a bit of 90s cheese kind of clicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees a boy in a wheelchair and he stares longingly at him while piano music plays. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and again, they want us to show that he's like, you know, feeling empathetic to the uh, to the young boy. And it's also he's also the reason for the whole episode, basically, and why he's um, uh, penetrating this hospital, because it's later discovered that, uh, you know, this uh, boy was uh, operated on by um, Dr. Uh, Schrader. And um, right. that he's the reason for the whole malpractice, whatever, that got swept under the rug. But uh, it'll be revealed later. Uh, so <laughs> what did you think of the pretender staring longingly at a boy in a wheelchair while piano music plays in the background? Uh, it was a little weird, but... Yeah. Uh, and the worst part again, the worst part is that they keep doing it. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I mean, I feel like that's, like you said, like just a 90s thing. Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, and you can... I think if you... As long as you can get past it, then you're okay. And I had no problem. I mean, it's just a little... You know, I just sort of like go, eh, it was the 90s, and then sort of move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, which we will do right now. So Jared then pays a sleazy dude to check his uh, bank account at the ATM. And of course, us as the viewer are like, what? Why is he talking to this sleazy dude? And then right. um, now we're back at the hospital. Jared is drawing his own blood. And then he asks the, a nurse to do a um, you know, test on it. Then uh, Jared checks on the angry uh, Greek lady. Um and uh, I mean, at this, with the whole interactions with the Greek lady at first, I was like, you know, what's really the point of this? I was like, right. I'm like, are they trying to like, uh, you know, um, play towards an older audience or something? But they actually write her in, and she makes sense by the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's very little <laughs> wasted stuff in this episode. Like everything um, that you see will have some kind of payoff or mm-hmm. tie into the larger story uh, one way or another it's a tight package indeed um 
So uh, now we're back to the center. Ms. Parker is in the computer lab of the center. I love it. Just like uh, the, you know, the computer labs and the lawnmower man, they're all dark and scary looking. Uh, mm -hmm. And they think they found Jared because he used uh, his ATM. But what he really did was scramble the ATM feed or something. What do you remember what they said that he actually yeah, did? Yeah, so like first it comes up and they're like, oh, he's in Santa Fe or whatever city they said. I can't remember. And uh, they're like, oh, wait, no, now it says this. City, now it says this. And it's like all over the world. And right. yeah, then they said like he scrambled the ATM network or his location mm -hmm. on the network or something. Yeah. And then they show the um, the sleaze bag that he paid later. And he's holding up a sign and it says like, uh, I don't know, it's ha ha or hi, hi there, something like that. Uh, just it's just basically showing that uh, Jared is uh, that he's just smarter than the center and that he's he has the ability to mess with them. And also they froze his account. So this is him trying to get back at them, basically. Mm -hmm. So now we're back in the hospital. Jared asks the head nurse for the key to radiology. He goes in there, and I guess the head x-ray tech is making out with one of the nurses for, for some reason. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess there is a reason because, uh, mm -hmm. because Jared brings in the x-rays for uh, the kid whose name is uh, Kevin. And the x-ray tech is like, well, this is Dr. So-and-so's patient. He's like, well, I can keep a secret if you can, Dr. Makeout. And, yeah, uh, he says something like, uh, I can become forgetful if you can. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's real sly like that. Um, yeah. And so. But the whole thing with the x-rays was that it's so one x-ray is supposed to be the before the mm -hmm. accident x or before the operation. And the other one's supposed to be like the post-op x-ray. Mm -hmm. But they are actually the same x-ray. Right. So that's what's weird. And that's what gets him thinking, hmm, someone's covering up something with the with the because there is no previous x-ray right and i love it that the x-ray tech uh knows that because he spilt soda on the original i don't know x-ray uh machine and there's machine like a, or something yeah developer. and there's like a smudge or something on it and that's how he knows it and i don't know that's just fun writing stuff i don't know uh so uh now we're looking at some center footage again uh jared is watching it young jared asks about his parents while watching the footage, he realizes Dr. Schrader. Well, oh, this is, and this is when he was um, he was watching footage of the JFK assassination, and I guess yeah. trying to. Uh, and I saw on uh, Twitter, um, someone mentioned that um, uh, he mentioned about that scene. One of uh, one of your friends. Um, Oh, um, Stika, I think might have mentioned it, or Historic Nerd, maybe. Yeah, one of those guys. And I don't know, I was just like, yeah. wow, that was right there in the first episode. How about that? Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal than it was, but I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And, uh, and so, yeah, while he's watching that footage, it just sort of makes it click in his mind um, that uh, Dr. Schrader wasn't working alone. So then Jared goes and plays uh, racquetball with um, Dr. Hendricks. Um, he, and, and then, and then they go and have like cocktails alongside with Dr. Schrader. And that's when Schrader says that they were exonerated from any wrongdoing involved with the Kevin Bailey scandal, which that's the, uh, handicapped boy or the wheelchair bound boy that Jared was staring at longingly while the piano music played <laughs> before. Speaking of, we're back at the school. Jared tries to give ice cream to young Kevin Bailey. 
we get more sad piano music um, as because uh, young Kevin is like, eh, don't you know? He says like, don't you know about stranger danger? You can't just give ice cream to a random boy, <laughs> which is true. I mean, I was thinking yeah, that yeah. the whole time. Uh, and then I guess he just uh, sort of sadly watches as Kevin wheels himself away. Um, but he uh, he then but he tries to empathize again. He's like doesn't it hurt your hands like wheeling around all the time or something? Yeah. Um, do your, yeah like do your hands still cramp up? Right. Um, so now we're back at the center. Dr. Sydney gets a call from Jared. Uh, and this is when you, I like the scene. This is when you get a really good sense of uh, Dr. Sydney and Jared's relationship. Jared says he left because of, of the lies and that his genius was being used for military purposes. You know, Dr. Sidney says, you know, he didn't know. He was just doing his job, what he was told by the center, blah, blah, blah. Um, then Jared prints out an ID. Jared then, um, they then discover that he's manipulating the center's stocks. Um, and, uh, and then now we're back at the hospital. Jared, uh, they're on top of the, the hospital, and Jared pokes the foot of the old Greek woman. Yeah, she's doing, uh, he's doing like reflexology. Right, which therapy. I guess back then was, ooh, considered so ooh, out there. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, she asked Jared yeah. who uh, he really is, and, uh, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, this old lady, this is one thing that, like, uh, it didn't bother me, but it was, like, definitely, like, a trope, right? Where, like, oh, okay, this is the, because this is the second time she's, like, you're not a doctor, you know, uh, and it's, like, the old, wise, you, you know, woman right, kind of right, trope, right? Because right? she, she can see through him to what his soul is really <laughs> like. But, um, yeah, the whole thing is, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so I don't, I don't I don't think you touched on that. The lady, the Greek lady, she's camp shit basically is her uh she hasn't gone to the bathroom <laughs> in like a week or something thanks for bringing that up yep it's true yeah mm -hmm. yeah and uh, they want to do surgery on her i uh, i don't know scoop it if they're just trying to try to scoop it out uh maybe they <laughs> want to see if there's something blocking it i don't know what the, oh, what, what the wow. surgery is about thankfully we don't get any details right. but um anyways um he ends up befriending her because uh you know he spoke greek to her because mm. she was pretending like she couldn't speak english um, but, uh, and then he's like, okay, well, we won't do surgery. You know, we'll, we'll try another therapy. We're going to give you some herbal tea and poke your feet. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so then, um, we're back with Miss Parker and Sydney. They are closing in, um, to Jared's position. They go to check into a hotel only to discover that Jared has already paid for their rooms. Oh my God, mind, dun, dun, dun. mind blown. No, I kind of love it. Like, like I, I love it that uh, this guy's like such a little fucker, right? Yeah. The pretender, like, uh, you know, like at least in this episode, I don't really remember for the rest of the series, but for the most part, like whenever they get close to him mm -hmm. or near catching him or whatever, it's because he wants it. Yeah, he's way. always like, one step ahead and. It always reminded me, or it reminded me of um, Arrested Development, um, that uh, that one PI who's always like... Oh, yeah, what, yeah. What was I his think name? Martin Mole plays him. Uh, what, he, I can't, I, we're not going to remember the character's name. I'll, I'll look it up. He but, has uh, such a done name. It's like uh, something with cheese. But anyway, uh, there's more of that to come. Anyway, Jared talks to Dr. Schrader. 
He says he screwed up. Um, Gene Parmesan. Ah, that's it. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. He's Gene always Parmesan, coming yeah. out of like ridiculous disguises. Um, yeah, we have we have human hyperbole here in the chat who uh, also chimed in with Gene Parmesan. Ah, thank you, and thanks for joining us, um, human hyperbole. Uh, so yeah, now we're back with a Jared. He's talking to Doctor Schrader. Says he screwed up. I believe the term is libectomy. Um, Schrader says, eh, it's no problem. And then he sort of describes a way that he can get out of it without getting in trouble. Um, then Dr. Schrader walks to the hospital um, with Jared uh, stalking behind him because he's trying to find out who the accomplice is. And we uh, discover that the accomplice is uh, the head nurse, uh, Gwen, the one who wanted to call security at the very beginning. And now we're um, back at the office. Jared gets his blood work done. Um, then he watches uh, his footage that we saw from the cold open. Uh, Sydney and Miss Parker get evacuated from their hotel. And <laughs> here it comes again. And there's a, uh, um, a fireman who's like conducting people like out of the, uh, out of the hotel. And just as Dr. Sydney um, is passing by, the fireman grabs him by the shoulder and, what the fuck? It's the pretender. It's Gene Parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called it a fire, uh, what is it, fire alarm or whatever, just so he could talk yeah. to Dr. Sydney. Um, not, not only that, Steve, he somehow became a fireman. Mm -hmm. Got the uh, equipment. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, jo joined them and uh, got this fake fire. And then, uh, you know, Miss Parker is the first one to realize that there's no fire because while they're going down the fire escape, she's like, hey, there's no smoke anywhere. Right. 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 I mean, but the, the fireman didn't uh, make that connection, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> of course not. No one. I mean, the only person who's smarter than Miss Parker might only be Jared, maybe Dr. Sidney. Who knows? Um, so let's see. So they're talking. All right. Basically, the whole thing with the blood work was that um, he discovered that there was a genetic anomaly that was in his blood that was not present in um, the the cover story of. Basically, Doctor Sidney says his parents died in a plane crash. That Jared's parents died in a plane crash, and he's tested his blood against theirs, and it didn't match up. So there's a possibility. Yeah, right. they, they don't they don't have the genetic anomaly, and for him to have it. One or both of them must have had it if they're his real parents. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it just adds to the, you know, tapestry of lies and for more reason for him to be out on the out on the streets doing what the pretender does. Um, right. So, okay. Um, Jared asked for the code to the sinner's mainframe so he could try to find his parents. And, um, of course, Dr. Sidney is still trying to convince uh, Jared to come home. I mean... I, if I were him, I probably would have given up at this point, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we still need a show here. Um, and uh, just as Miss Parker shows up, Dr. Sidney gives him the code, um, and then the pretender escapes. Uh, Jared then meets with uh, Gwen, the head nurse out in the street. He accuses her of helping Schrader cover it up. And basically she says the only reason she helped is because she didn't want her husband to find out that she used to be a crackhead. Um, and of course, like the pretender uh, forgives her more or less, but then she also tells him that it was Dr. Hendricks who has the pre-op x-rays because she went to him 
to turn in Dr. Schrader. Um, so now Jared has to find a way to get the x-rays from Dr. Hendricks. Um, anything else to comment on that interaction? No, no. Okay. No. So, uh, so uh, pretty solid. Uh, I should we should mention the the lady that the actress that plays as nurse. Mm -hmm. Can't remember her name right now, but well, I did look at her IMDb and she had something like two hundred seven credits. Yeah, she was good. Uh, she did a good job. Yeah, she's in tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Jared then calls Schrader and Hendricks, basically arranges meetings with both of them. Um, he tells Schrader he wants to meet him at a bar, and Hendricks, he wants to play some more uh, racquetball. Um, and uh, as he's calling, he's um, pouring something into uh, bottled water. He then gives that water to Hendricks, and then Hendricks passes out, out of the, after their racquetball game. Uh, Ms. Parker confronts uh, Sydney about giving Jared the mainframe code, and uh, but then they know where he is. Uh, I can't remember why they. Yeah. So yeah, he he asked Sydney for like the mainframe code to try and get more information about his real parents. Mm -hmm. um, and she said that with that they were able to track down when he broke in. Ah, that's uh, his it. location. Yes, yes, that's it. Um, so Jared tells Dr. Hendricks that Schrader is coming to. Oh yeah. So basically, they take Dr. Hendricks into the hospital to get operated on. And he says that Dr. Schrader is coming to operate on him. And yeah, he being the pretender tells um, him that Schrader is going to come and operate right. on him. Right. And the whole thing is, and I don't uh, think we covered it, is that the reason why Kevin Bailey, his uh, you know spinal cord got all messed up to begin with, is that uh, Schrader was basically drunk when he operated on him and uh, basically messed up his spine. So now that guy... Um, who Hendrix helped covered up is coming in to operate on him. So, oh, sweet irony. Um, yeah. And uh, so, of course, uh, Dr. Hendrix is like, no, 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 you do it. And he's like, okay, I'll do it, but you have to give me Kevin Bailey's pre op x rays and uh, your meant copy of Archie meets the Punisher. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the right year for that, but whatever, I'm going to go with it. And yeah. so of course the guy says like, yes, it's in like a painting in his office. And that's when the pretender is like, I'm not even a doctor and you're not even yeah. having a heart attack. And then as he walks out, he's like, oh, Dr. Jared, no. Yeah. And th that, that seems really funny. It just is. like the face he makes that with the pretender is like, um, yeah, uh, well, just one thing. I'm not going to perform the surgery, and I'm not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he turns to, like, Dr. Schrader, and he's like, uh, does he say Dr. Schrader's drunk at that point? Mm, Although, I mean, he, he says, doesn't. He just says Schrader is Schrader's going to perform your surgery. Or yeah, whatever. he doesn't. And then he leaves. Yeah, I don't think he tells him. Uh, I think they just, he just already is. <laughs> He already assumed he's, he's looking at the clock. Uh, Dr. Hedrick says he's like, oh, my God, it's two o'clock. That means Schrader's already got to be three sheets of the wind. No, help right. me, someone. Uh, so, yeah. And so that's basically that. Um, that wraps that up. Um, Sydney and Miss Parker arrive at the hospital. Wait, 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 wait. There, there is something. What's that? Um, <laughs> First, sorry, I'm laughing because human hyperbole wrote in the chat, and this isn't even a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that would be mine. That would be an Inception style mind blown. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as uh, the pretender is like, you know, le getting the painting and walking, uh, walking to go get the painting. Might be after he gets the painting, mm -hmm. uh, the, the extras from the painting. But he stops at the uh, reception uh, area and he says, "Hey, call security." 
uh, tell them to stop uh, Schrader from performing surgery because he's drunk. Right. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, it's, that does So the happen. pretender did not, like, leave him to this guy to get killed. No, the pretender is, that. yeah, I mean, the pretender is a real hero, very yeah. uh, empathetic. He's, like, the complete opposite of your of your Punishers and your Wolverines in the world. Yeah. It's like a uh, network TV hero should be. Um so uh so yeah, uh, good it's a good thing you added that. Um so uh, okay, Sydney and Miss Park arrive at the hospital. Jared tells uh the, oh, all right, I was just about to read that. Anyway, you covered it. Okay. Jared hides in the Greek lady's room and she tells him uh oh yeah, uh and then um Miss Parker and Sydney come in. Oh wait, no. <laughs> I'm I'm misreading here. Okay, so Jared comes in the Greek lady's room. She tells him that she took a big old deuce. <laughs> and of course, yeah. Jared is happy for her. Like, why would you why would you have that in your pilot? I don't know. I guess it's humorous, I suppose, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, nothing brings in the views like old people crapping. Am I right? Well, um, that's right. Yeah. I mean, this show went on for four more seasons, so what do I know? Um <laughs> And uh, and then uh, the next thing we hear, we see like Miss Parker um, and uh, Sydney. They they come into her room and she screams and says that Jared went out the the window. So uh, Miss Parker, of course, then goes out uh, the window. But surprise, he's hiding under the Greek lady's bed. Um, Jared gets away. He then mails the X rays, and uh, there's a seed of Kevin Bailey like opening. <laughs> I don't know, kind of a humorous seed for some reason. He's opening yeah, the. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> too, <laughs> unintentionally so. It was this like middle, yeah, like 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 this guy who I guess is his caretaker mm-hmm. or it was, it was like an old dad, so, right, he, or grandpa. I thought he was an orphan. Oh, he, the kid's an orphan. Remember? Wow, that's they, even they sadder. Jeez. Yeah, so this is like his caretaker or whatever okay. brings him the mail and it's these x-rays and he pulls them out of the envelope. Wait, wait, no. He's like, boy, I sure hope this is my copy of the Punisher meets Archie. And then he (laughs) opens it up and he's just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And, uh, yeah, like he's just looking at it kind of confused, but also as if though he understands what it is. Like, I don't know. It was a little weird. Right. I mean, Uh, I don't know about you, but even as an adult, when I look at x-rays, I'm like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Right. But right. uh, but we get it. We get what they're trying to convey with the scene. Like, oh, sure. he, he has the evidence. And and then we see uh, Jared um, or a newspaper clipping that says, uh, you know, Kevin Bailey gets huge settlements. So now he's like he's as rich as Professor X, baby. Yeah. Only still in a wheelchair, sadly. Um, anyway, then Jared is waiting for a flight. A flight attendant tells him he better board. And he says, don't worry. They're not going anywhere without me. And holy shit, Jared is the pilot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he puts on, like, the pilot's hat. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Those reveal scenes are just the best. Oh, man. Yeah, That's, yeah. like, just classic. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, anything else to That's the end of the episode. Um, anything else to add? You help. No, no, you summed it up uh, pretty nicely, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, like you said, a tight uh, little package. Um, <laughs> a nice, tight little script, and like everything, like uh, what every, everything was there for a reason, pretty mm-hmm. much. I can't really remember anything that was like 
Oh, why they throw this in there? Right, now? right. Yeah, I mean, just a maybe a few less scenes of um, him staring longingly and piano music playing, but it, it that's okay. It was in the '90s. It was a style choice at the time. Right. But uh, here, let me uh, let's run this bumper, and then we'll uh, deliver our verdict. All right, uh, so Yehel Velasquez, um, do you think the pretender should be uh, remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity never to be heard from again? Um, I will say, yes, it should be remembered. Uh, I am considering just watching the whole series. Uh, it's It was fun. It was good. It was interesting. Uh, <laughs> Human hyperbole wrote in the chat, bring it back. No changes. Same actor, same wardrobe, same cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did actually, the creators did try to bring it back. Uh, and there were two movies that were made, made for TV movies that came out after the, um, the, the four seasons ended. And uh, they unfortunately didn't wrap up the story. There were supposed to be Ooh. four movies in total, but I guess the ratings weren't that great. So TNT, who had ordered the movies, only did had two of them made um and uh they tried to bring it back i think like in 2007 they put out like a couple of books oh, wow. um, that continued the story mm -hmm. and they were talking about that they were going to bring back the show as well but obviously you know that never actually happened mm -hmm. so oh, uh, yeah bad. it kind of sucks that there's no ending uh but they, they, the creators did say they wrote an ending for the show um it's just they haven't had a chance like the money or to to you know, make it basically. Hmm. I'm surprised they haven't tried to crowdfund that sucker. Um, yeah. Well, you know, actors are a lot older now, so yeah, it might be too late in the game. Like I didn't know all that stuff that you just told me. I mean, my thoughts were, all right, it's a great premise. And I wonder if, you know, it could be redone. Um, but does it even work in like 2022 with, I mean, I guess you could just say that, oh, he's so smart, he's able to circumvent identity, this and that. I mean, he'd have to be one heck of a hacker on top of it. But I guess he could be. He's right. a genius, right? Right, um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think in some way or another, the, the premise of The Pretender should definitely continue forward. And obviously, I want it to be uh, remembered in one way or another. Um, so that means that... This is going to be remembered. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. All right. Well... That, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I think I might just go and watch all four seasons. I'm like, I'm running out of decent stuff to watch these days. <laughs> yeah, the uh, and for those who are interested in watching it uh, legally, um, the Pretender is not available on any streaming service for free that I could find. However, uh, you can buy episodes for a dollar ninety nine on Amazon or uh, Apple TV and Vudu. However, you can buy a whole the whole season, and each season's like twenty something episodes for just ten bucks. So, yeah, hit those DVDs, man. Physical media, keep it alive. 
Well, no, I mean, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you, you can, I, I, I'm saying like, you can stream it. I mean, right. Uh, right, right. On Amazon Prime for like ten bucks, but gotcha. um, I did not check to see how much a DVD would cost. But I did notice that the DVD covers are photoshopped to hell. Oh yeah, Holy I mean, shit. there's some uh, floating around. You showed a few pictures of it. Yeah, flo- right. well, I don't think that's one of them. <laughs> but uh, I remember that's when his haircut changed. I actually had my haircut very similar to the uh, Pretenders back in the '90s. Uh, but I think like a lot of people had their hair like his because it's kind of like that uh that george clooney haircut that he had going on when he yeah. was on er um boy <laughs> those were crazy times um but uh but yeah, but yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a good show i recommend it it you know it doesn't feel as dated as you would think it right. would be mm-hmm. for like a show from 96 obviously there's some things like the pager or whatever um but not for the most part man like i you know Outside of a few things, like, I mean, it really does not feel dated at all. Yeah, I think uh, the characters really stand out really well. Um, like, the relationship between Sydney and Jared is really interesting. And, like, Miss Parker is just that, you know, cold-blooded bitch you just love to hate. Uh, at mm-hmm. least at this point. I think I remember as time goes on, you learn more about her. And I think at right. some point, like, her and... uh the pretender have some kind of relationship or something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think they, I know that they team up in one of the movies, like yeah, begrudgingly. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, like, but, but, but from what I read, it's like a very temporary, like, alliance. Like, right. It doesn't even last, like, half the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it should be, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that is going to do it for our uh, pretender episode. Um, I think this was much more fun than watching the Super Bowl, uh, if you ask me. Um, yeah, this was cool. Yeah, and I would rather also watch The Pretender all four seasons instead of the Super Bowl as well. Um, I agree. Anything else interesting going on in the world of uh, wrestling with gaming? Uh, no, no. Still don't have a new video out. Uh, mm. Working on a couple things. Uh, but yeah, nothing new. How about you? I finally actually actually started building uh, the Kickstarter page for uh, Escape to Earth. Um, I'm just trying to like get the bios from like the other guys who worked on the uh, the book, and I'm also trying to look at how much it'll cost to like get some gimmick covers. I mean, everybody still loves gimmick covers, right? A little glow in the yeah, dark. Yeah, uh, give me give me some gold foil uh prism cover. Yeah, like I mean, from what I've looked at other people, I guess a lot of people do variant covers, at least from more famous people in a vain attempt to, you know, get their crowd to look at their, you know, to look at their crowdfunder as well. But I, it's like I don't know anyone. Like I don't. Uh, I mean, all the people that I like are too like famous and too expensive. So I would rather just have gimmick covers anyway. And I also looked at Pogs, but I think I'm going to save that for a future um, campaign. Uh, you know, I'll have to get past this one first, and then possibly yeah. throw in the Pogs. But uh, speaking of Escape to Earth, uh, let's run this promo and. And uh, then we will wrap up the episode. Here we go. I'm having a weird, weird day. My name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. 
But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, zero feet, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Chris, cut me loose, behind you. Whoa! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then, she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Thirty pages of insane dinosaur action that will leave you hungry for more. Issue one, crowdfunding now. Written and created by Stephen Honeycutt. Arts by Antonio Brandao. Colors by Bruno Ferlani. Jump on now before the whole human race is extinct. Download the digital preview today. Well, thank you for checking out this episode of Obscurity Now instead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> we like to think of this as the Super Bowl of obscure podcasts. Does that work yeah, yeah, for anyone? Sure, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and like the uh, the pretender is the Super Bowl of '90s network television why not right and uh yeah make sure you join us uh next sunday when we will be talking about something uh next time on obscurity now you've been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to twitch and youtube Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.